Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Ripple with Juju. Thanks, everyone, for streaming, following, downloading my podcast. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate it so much. This is definitely a step outside my comfort zone in a big way. Okay. Um, So one of the things that I was thinking about the other day, and I actually recorded this while I was in car the other day, but the sound, the background um, extraneous sound was so horrific. I just had to cam that one. So I'm basically starting that over because I think I hit some really important points. One of those points is in this society, there's been a lot of stress on perfection, looking perfect, acting perfect, having the perfect clothes, the perfect car, the perfect house, the perfect kids, yada, yada, yada. You get my point. Um, and that's just a crock of crap. Okay. That's just a load of bullshit that has been conditioned into us that it's unattainable. And what fun would perfection be anyway? Uh, But that's for another rabbit hole on another night. Um, You know, we can only do the best that we know how to do. We are human. We are flawed in our nature. It is our nature to be flawed. I mean, our psychologically, how we're made up, how we form in the mind from birth to adolescence into adulthood. You know, we have traumas that that mold how we think, that mold how our neurons in our brains connect, how they fire and wire. Um, And with all this conditioning that happens with us in this current society, um, the conditioning is really hard as hell to break. I mean, that's been, that's been my task, self-appointed task, is to break through all of that conditioning over the last decade or so. And it's really come to the surface, especially over the last three years. Mostly because, you know, I started doing plant medicine and I started uh, changing the circles that I operate in. And I really started loving myself. And I really started giving myself some slack. I really started just cutting myself some slack for not being what everybody thought I should be or what society thought I should be. And that I am just this flawed human and I love me. My heart is good. I know this. I am worthy of all things that I desire. Everybody is worthy of all things that they desire. But that's one of the core 
issues that we have is because of a lot of the trauma and the conditioning, we don't feel like we're worthy. I mean, how many times have you stopped in your tracks and thought, wow, I'd really love to have XXX. And then you kind of backtrack and you're like, well, I don't, I don't know if I really deserve that. I don't know if I'm good enough for that. How am I going to get that? And we start laying it all on, man. Start laying it all on instead of just being in a place where, you know what? Every human on this planet is worthy of a better experience. And those are words from my friend, Chris. You know, that, that first time I heard that phrase came out of her mouth. Not this other people haven't said it, but you got what I'm, I'm where I'm at. Um, we are all better of worthy of a better experience in this time, in the last time, in the future times. So let's stop shooting for the perfection. And I mean, even just look around at the people in your tribe. Are any of them perfect? No, it's all those little quirks and idiosyncrasies and, and their clumsiness or, you know, the way they say certain things. Those are all the things that make them just absolutely adorable to you. So, you know, that's the, those little quirks about people and those things that are not perfect about people are what are endearing about them, I think. I mean, I know that's how I feel about the people in my tribe, you know. I mean, granted, if I spend too much time with some people, it can get annoying after a while and then I have to step away. I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about all that, but I mean, in general, you know, the, the quirkiness is endearing. Um, and, you know, when I see somebody putting an honest effort into their own evolution and able to step out of themselves and able to look at themselves that's awesome. That's evolution. That's progress. So when we look in the mirror, let's not look for perfection. Let's look at all of the curves and let's look at everything that makes us who we are. It's kind of like looking back at your past. What would you change? Why would you change it? If you're doing the best you know how to do to be the best person that you know how to be, to be the best version of yourself. Every single thing that's led up to now is part of that. It really is. It's part of it. Now, I would not want to re-experience any of the shit I've gone through. Because that's just crazy shit. But all of that shit... It, is has been learning and learning and learning and experiencing and learning and then getting to a point where i can step outside and observe so now you know i have these days where um, i'm just pumping i'm right on i'm right on target right on target you know i'm doing the things that i want to do for the day i'm getting the things accomplished that i want to get accomplished and there are other days where I'm like, I just don't feel like doing nothing. And you know what I do? 
nope, I do not pick myself up by the bootstraps. I don't do a damn thing. Okay, because some days we just have to rest. And this whole notion that we have to be going 18 hours a day, six and seven days a week, okay, is craziness. Okay, that's what puts us all in this body and mindset of stress and survival, which increases cortisol levels, etc., etc. Okay, and we don't know how to just relax, to just sit, to just be in the stillness, and to step outside and observe. Step outside our own self and observe. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Where's that coming from? What is the core of that? Is there some trauma related to the way you're behaving now? So you sit with that and you go in and you go deep. And it's painful. And it will make you feel a lot of things. And that's perfectly beautiful. It's perfectly beautiful to go inside in the stillness and to sit with it, to feel it, to feel it, okay? Feel it all. Give your inner children permission to feel everything that was suppressed in them when you were a child because childhood trauma is at the core of of, I would be willing to say 99.9999% of our adult dysfunction. Okay. And if you've watched anything by Gabor Mate, so get a piece of paper and a pen and write this name down and keep it with you because I'm going to give you some more information too. Okay. Gabor Mate, G-A-B-O-R. Last name Mate, M-A-T-E with the little tilde over it. Um, he has done films and talks and everything about childhood trauma um, in relation to our dysfunction, our addiction, um, and all kinds of stuff. He's wonderful. Um, also, you know, you guys have heard me speak about inner child work. Um, so here's another thing to write down. Please get your, your pen and your paper ready if you don't already have it. Um, Homecoming is a fabulous book by John Bradshaw. He has since passed, but the work that he does in this book and that he guides you to do in this book through reading, through exercises is priceless. And you can find his videos on YouTube as well. I think there's a whole series of them. Um, I personally have not made it through all of those, but I did make it through the book, which was not an easy task, I'll tell you. Um, and that was one of the first books I read about inner child work when I started doing, right after I started doing inner child work. And that's just been some of the most productive work I've ever done. And that was without medicine, any kind of plant medicine. Um, I've done inner child work with medicine as well. But when I first started doing it, it was not with any plant medicine um, tools.
So like I said, write that down, John Bradshaw. The book is Homecoming. Um, and if you have any questions, feel free to email me, gypsycambo at gmail.com. That's G-Y-P-S-Y-K-A-M-B-O at gmail.com. Gypsycambo at gmail.com. I'd be happy to answer some questions. Um, I have a lot of information in my brain about um, resources as well. So, and so the inner child thing brings me to um, an interesting experience I had years ago when I was living in New Jersey. I had the wonderful opportunity to see His Holiness the Dalai Lama speak at Rutgers Stadium up in Brunswick. I don't know if it's East Brunswick, New Brunswick. I don't know. Anyway, so it was fabulous. So me and my friend Robin and her guy Jimmy, we all go to the stadium. We catch the bus there. We get there. I guess it was about 8.30. He was due to start speaking at about 10.30 in the morning. So we get there into the stadium. And you know how it is when people start gathering for things like this. There's, you know, people start trickling in, you know, there's a few hundred people, then a few hundred more people, you know, another half an hour passes, you've got a thousand people and it's a huge, huge stadium. But the whole time leading up to his holiness, the Dalai Lama coming out to speak to us, they had monks chanting. So me and my friend Robin and Jimmy and myself, we sit down. We're in the bleachers, and we're just listening to this chanting and just that calm when you have community gathered and it's like this resonance that's filling the whole stadium, um, this coherent rhythm of chanting. So by the time His Holiness the Dalai Lama came out to speak to us, I'm telling you, everybody's chakras were rotating beautifully. Everybody's hearts were open. Their minds were open and you could feel it. It was just such an amazing experience. So he starts speaking and of course he touches on some very serious topics, but peppered throughout his um, speaking, this little child comes to the surface, this innocence in this elderly man who has seen so much trauma in his life, um, having been exiled, um, just everything that he's dealt with. And still there's this innocence about him. And then he giggles, he giggles like a little kid. And that was the thing that tickled me the most about his mannerisms. I mean, of course, every word that comes out of his mouth is, is profound pretty much, you know, but the essence of who he was, was so innocent. And, you know, there was a point in my life where I thought for sure, because of the childhood sexual abuse, I thought for sure that innocence was gone. I was robbed. It was stolen. I, I, didn't 
foresee that it would ever come back to me, that I would ever be able to touch that again in myself. I was wrong. I was wrong. And I knew I was wrong when I started with plant medicine and then doing the inner child work and then diving deeper into what causes me to, to behave the way that I behave. So I started that, that child, that innocent child inside of me, that essence started coming back up to the surface because it felt safe to do so. And so when you can rediscover your innocence, that is one of the greatest gifts I've been given in the last 10 years or so. And it is just absolutely fabulous because I can go and I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not in that, that perpetual state, but that inner child, that innocent inner child is always like right under the surface. So that when I see a butterfly flittering about, I get excited. I get excited like a little two-year-old who's seeing a butterfly for the first time. Or if I come upon a field of, of sunflowers, like driving across Kansas, it, it just fills me with awe and joy. And I just want to go pick a bunch of flowers and stick my face in them. And anybody that actually knows me well enough knows that I am always sticking my face in some flowers. Fortunately, I have not been stung while doing that. So yay me. Um, so yeah, this, this work leads us to some really, really beautiful discoveries of self um, and rediscoveries of parts of ourselves that may have been in lockdown. You know, there's really no other way to say it. Um, you know, one of the other things that, that happened when I was doing the inner child work as well. I had this realization about a year after I started doing the work, when I was getting better at stepping outside and observing what I was doing and why I was doing it, um, you know, behaviors um, and triggers and things like that, is I realized I had lived most of my adult life as a child. I mean, like having temper tantrums and pouting because I wasn't getting my way or pouting because I wasn't getting, and I'm doing little air quotes here, mommy and daddy's approval. So because I was such a people pleaser that if you didn't pat me on the back and, and you know, just praise me for 10 minutes straight, I felt like I wasn't doing something right. I felt like I was doing something wrong. I felt like you didn't love me. I felt like you didn't like me. I felt like you didn't care. Um, and I lived so much of my life like that. It's amazing the things that, you know, these epiphanies that you have when you can really start looking at things objectively with no judgment. That's the thing. Okay. When you're doing that um, self-observation, okay, please, please do it from a place of non-judgment. Okay. We're all humans trying to, trying to survive on this planet and make a life and, in, and create a place of joy. So we're, we're all discovering and 
you know, let's make sure we cut each other some slack, especially yourself. Okay. Because the people that are around you and in your tribe, they're watching and you're, you're able to set the example and you're able to sit down and have a conversation with them and share your story. And, you know, they're, they're taking notes, whether it's, you know, on a piece of paper or just in their mind, they're taking notes and could be, you know, a couple of weeks after you have a conversation with them, you know, they come upon a situation and they think, well, ordinarily I would react this way or I would behave this way. But you know what? I remember a conversation I had with, you know, Jane Doe a couple of weeks ago. And you know what? I think I might try that approach. So you never know what kind of seed you're planting for others. I mean, and, and it rolls the other way too. How many times have you seen somebody handle a situation or, or, you know, expose their vulnerability in such a beautiful, graceful way when, you know, you look at that and you say, God, I don't know if I would be able to handle that like that. But, you know, then there comes a situation and you handle it like that. Somebody's watching you. So this time, you know, you're leading uh, from the other point where somebody else was, was leading by example. So please, seeds get planted in you. You plant seeds, you know, and the circle goes around and around. I mean, that's all this is. It's a big giant circle. Um. So, yeah, I think I've covered quite a few things today. Um, I think that's about all I have for you right now. So please, please um, share, listen, share, download, follow. I'm on Spotify, The Ripple with Juju. And also you can find me at anchor.fm slash Marcy, M-A-R-C-I, 47. So I'm on Anchor and Spotify. And uh, Instagram, Facebook, you can find me there too. Um, but I would really, really love to get this ball rolling because I just, uh, I think I got a lot of good shit to say. And a lot of good shit to share. And it's not always going to be this heavy spiritual stuff either. Um, I'm working on getting some... Uh, music people lined up for interviews. Um, and if you guys have any suggestions about what you want to hear about, do you want to hear about art? Do you want to hear about bodybuilding? Do you want to hear about veganism? Do you want to hear about Ayurvedic medicine? Do you want to hear about what? What do you want to hear about? Send me an email. Send me a private message on uh, Facebook. You can find me at The Ripple on Facebook. You can find me at Juju at The Ripple on Instagram. So there are plenty of ways. And like I said, my email, gypsycambo at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out. Let me know what you guys want, want me to uh, delve into. And also, you know, if you got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, let me know. We can do, a, we can do an audio interview. Okay. <coughs> Excuse my coughing. I've been talking too much and didn't take a big old swig of water. So y'all have a good night and thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Well, not see you. I'll hear ya. 
next week or you'll hear me next week or however that's going to work. I don't know, but you'll have another podcast for next week. Okay. All right. Bye y'all.